Welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by Callbox, where we talk with dental industry leaders and influencers about the latest trends, technologies, themes, and best practices in the business of dentistry. Be sure to subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app and visit callbox.com slash dental to learn more about Callbox's innovative solutions for leveraging the phone at your practice. And welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by Callbox. My name is Katie Lawrence, and I am a senior account consultant here at Callbox. My guest for today, I'm so happy to welcome Erica Pasillo, practice optimizer at Spodak Dental Group in Delray Beach, Florida. Thanks for joining us today, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast. Great, great. Well, we're so happy to um, have a chance to learn from you today. I um, took a look at your uh, website this morning um, and was just beside myself thinking that I live in the wrong part of the country. My goodness, it looks beautiful out in Florida. It is beautiful. I think that most of the country uh, has a lot of envy for us. <laughs> we just had a cold front actually this past weekend, so we're bundled up. It's like 60 degrees. You know? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. It's so funny where everybody else is getting snow and here we are bundled up with, with uh, 60 degree weather. But yes, yes it's and, and sunny and uh, definitely blessed to uh, to live here as part of the country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in Texas, we have been um, hovering around the 20 degrees, so I would take 60 for sure. <laughs> Um, well, to start out, I would love to just hear a little bit more about your background and how you ended up at Spodak Dental Group. Yes, I actually uh, ha- have an interesting story and in, in dentistry kind of found me. Um, I went to Florida State University, and uh, while I was in school, I actually um, sold jewelry at the local jewelry store. Oh, wow. So I've got some sales background there, and uh, my um, field of study was biomedical engineering, Hmm. and I also joined the uh, first responder group and uh, became a pharmacy technician as well. Uh, While I was in school, I kind of knew, hey, I'm going to do something in medical field. I didn't quite know which discipline or, you know, which one I was going to choose. So I dabbled in a little bit of each. And uh, my mom was in dentistry. She had her own dental assisting school. And, you know, she had said, hey, maybe consider being a dentist. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I don't know much about it. So let me do this eight-week dental assisting course just to see. What oh, dental- my gosh. Wow. Um, yeah, so I ended up doing that. And, uh, I, you know, then life happens. I, I, you know, I met my, um, my husband and, you know, ended up having a, a kid. So I have a seven-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so school at that time just wasn't going to happen. Um, so I went in and actually got a job as a dental assistant um, at Spodak Dental. This is 10 years ago. Oh, wow. My goodness. Yeah. You started as a dental assistant then? I started as a dental assistant here. How funny. And actually in the sterilization department. Oh, wow. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. You know, that I literally started from the uh, the ground up. So wow. that's, that's incredible. a little bit of my background there. Okay, nice. Um, talk to me a little bit about Spodak Dental. I know um, the website talks about this, you know, elevated customer experience and, and making sure the patients really have that sort of luxurious feel when they walk in. Where does that come from with Spodak and, and what role does that play with the patient experience? Sure. You know, 
we like to um, take a look at other businesses that are doing it right, uh, especially mm-hmm. outside of dentistry. When you think about iconic businesses that really have that experience down, you think about Apple and the way that they've revolutionized, um, you know, the customer experience and just walking into the mm-hmm. Apple store and seeing how that's organized and how different it is from any other type of retail chain or store. Sure. Um, and, you, you know, you think about other things like, like Uber and other disruptors and um, some of the things that... Uh, they all have in common is that they have the experience, um, the the end result of that experience as their main driver to make decisions about their business. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, patients don't know how to judge good dentistry. They mm-hmm. only know how to judge good experience. So your crown is only as good as the way that they felt, you know. So oh, yeah. that is why we've designed it that way. And there are tons of studies out there that say, you know, um, what goes into experience is by the way your practice smells, by the way that it looks, by the way that teams um, interact with each other, the way mm-hmm. that they interact with the patients. And um, we really considered all of those things in, in the design of the building to kind of touch on all of those senses to really develop that comprehensive experience for the patient. Wow, that is incredible. I love what you said about um, that a patient can't judge good dentistry. They can judge good experience. That is, that's an incredible perspective to have because I think as um, the consumer, as the patient, we are, you know, have a little bit higher standards, I think, than maybe what, what used to be the case. And you're right, there are these, you know, every um, industry is trying to figure out how to play into that. But medical for some reason seems to have um, overlooked it in some ways. So I think that's unique that Spodak is really focusing in on that aspect. Man, I love that. I'm going to, I hope that it's okay. I'm going to quote you on that later. So (laughs) good deal. uh, You're right. I I feel like the medical field kind of lacks a little bit because this is something that everyone needs medical care of some sort. And, um, you know, so in a little, in a little sense, I think that, if you don't have that experience down pat, you can kind of survive as a business because again, it's that necessity. If you have a toothache or you have tooth pain, you need to come in and get that resolved. And sometimes you you can overlook that experience. Um, but I think for a sustainable business, especially in times where maybe the economy is, is not so great, is that mm. you get those patients that are um, you know more experience oriented. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's no secret that the competition is pretty fierce within dental right now, especially. Um, There are dentists popping up on every corner. So anything to be able to um, make sure that patient has an experience that will make them want to come back, I think is huge. Um, And obviously, I know your role within Spodak has a, you know, really big part to play in that. And I, I, I know you call yourself a practice optimizer. So help out our listeners a little bit. What does that mean and entail? And how did that title even come to be a thing? So I, I think that the, the theme we're going to get throughout this uh, experience and the conversation that we're having is details really matter. So all the details mm-hmm. that I with the experience and even the way the practice smells, right, and the way they look and the way they interact with the team, that words actually have a lot of meaning to them. And we're really careful about the titles that we use and the language that we use. So I'm really operations, which is really office management. 
And um, when you think about the traditional office manager title, there's a lot of negative connotation to that. Um, and even operations, it, it really lacks empathy or personal connection. So practice optimizer sure. uh, really adds that, I guess, more human touch or element there. And really what it's about is just making things as good as they can be. And mm -hmm. that's the point behind the uh, behind that name, Practice Optimizer. And actually, Dr. Slodak came up with it. So I can't take credit for that. <laughs> I, I love that. And he came up with that. So, yes, and the, the practice leader here um, at Slodak. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so you mentioned Dr. Spodak. So the name Spodak, he's a real a real person, I guess. Yes, he's a real he's a real person, <laughs> Dr. Craig Spodak. Yes, uh, he is a third generation dentist. His wow. father, Dr. Miles Spodak, still practices uh, here in office. Dr. Craig still practices as well. Um, you know, he's got his own podcast, Bulletproof Dental podcast and a, a new book that came out the uh, bulletproof dental practice wow. so he's very much into the industry and, and developing um and shaping the uh dental profession yeah that's awesome and you guys have built out quite a team uh alongside him i know um you know your website boasts of 199 years of experience i mean 10 dentists you know specialized in general um can you talk to me a little bit more about that structure and kind of how that team was built? Because um, you guys, it's all in one location, is that right? Yes, all in okay. one location. We have a 13,000 square foot facility. Wow. So it's a hospital uh, kind of modeled a little bit after the Cleveland Clinic. And the point behind that is to really manage that patient's experience from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you actually, um, improve the the time the patients are spending within the office and the coordination of that care instead of them having to find another you know specialist for instance and yeah. finding time for them to fit in the schedule and then you know communicating the restorative aspects back and forth there's a lot that could be lost in translation from that not what you know mentioning the time away from work for all these multiple appointments so when you have oh, it sure most oftentimes someone comes in for hygiene, they ended up needing oral surgery or a periodontal therapy, and that oral surgeon or, or that periodontist can come to your side and do that consult right then and there. The other thing is we really monitor the quality of the care because mm -hmm. we hire the team that we have here. So we know the type of work that they're going to be getting, and then it also aligns with our vision, our values, and that patient experience that we strive for. So it's all very much connected to that. And that's one of the reasons why it's all under one roof. One roof. Sure, yeah, gosh, that <laughs> it's so funny to hear you talk about that. I just was um, talking to my mom actually recently um, about this same concept of having to go to nine different offices to try to get everything done instead of just being able to do it under, under one roof. So um, that's, yeah, such a great thing to be able to, to offer and to, um, I would imagine, make sure that the care is consistent from start to finish so the the patient isn't having to worry about what's going to happen at this other office or unknowns of going from one place to another, but truly being able to depend on their experience from start to finish. I think that's, yeah, that's incredible. Such a cool thing to be able to, to offer when a lot of dentists are... Um, 
spread out. You know, it's it's a, such a you know separate uh, process to go from one specialty to another. Um, talk to me about. Do you have any um, you know patient stories or experiences that you can you know share or point to as just some success that you guys have seen with this? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, some of the, the biggest stories that we have with the comprehensive care is that when patients, again, they come in for their routine dental care, maybe they have a problem they come in for um, and they need that specialist. We, Even though we're a large office, we like to focus on giving that family smaller office feel, even though we're, we're within that bigger office and building that relationship and that rapport. So we've got sure. a really good follow-up and communication all along the way throughout their treatment. And we've got several stories and videos actually online on our website um, with patients' reactions to, to that care. Uh, because we have that surgical center in-house and we also have an in-house dental lab, we have patients that have outcomes that are much faster, hmm. much better, because we have all of those things under one roof. And the, the patients meet the technicians that are making the teeth. Obviously, they meet with the specialists they continue to have the treatment with the restorative or referring doctor, and uh, the results are really phenomenal. Sure. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, we have a lot of stories online about that and, and patients um, actually uh, shedding some tears, you know, when they see that that smile for the first time. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And I know one of the specialties you guys uh, focus in on is um, Invisalign, right? I uh, saw that you guys have won... Um, a pretty big award for your work in Invisalign. I'm one of the top dentists in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yes, we are actually diamond providers. And uh, basically how Invisalign works is um, based on the volume of the Invisalign cases that you do um, determines the the level or the, you know, the award um, that you have. So being a diamond provider, um, we are there amongst the, the top doctors that do the highest volume of Invisalign cases. And, you know, what Invisalign recognizes is that when you have experience, you actually end up getting better outcomes. Patients sure. are happier, treatment is much shorter, you know, less corrections and, and so forth. And again, that's, that's what it's about, is what's the best outcome for the patient. And you certainly want to go to somebody that has the most experience. Um, right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, Okay, let's switch gears here just a little bit and talk about um, just the scheduling struggle that it probably is to have so many specialists under one roof. Um, I know you guys have a full call center model um, to ensure that patients receive that you know, optimal phone experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about the decision to utilize a call center and how you guys have seen success with that? Sure. Yes, so we have an in-house call center. We have four people that operate the phones there. And again, when you're thinking about the experience, if you think about your typical dental office, the front office person that's collecting the payment is also taking the phone calls, is also making the um, outbound patient confirmation phone calls. So oftentimes a patient can come up to pay and they're greeted by somebody on the phone. And then in the middle of them taking the payment, that person interrupts the person that's right in front of them <laughs> so right. it's experience all the way around. So we said, let's take away that distraction. Let's have the people in the call center focus on taking the inbound calls and making those outbound calls, which frees up the other team members to um, 
you know, give the best experience to the patient that's right there, right in front of them. So we actually have a interesting um, flow with that. Our uh, dental assistants, our treatment coordinators, our dental hygienists, they all collect payment in the back. So oh, wow. with the appointment, the hygienist will take a payment as long as they're not running behind. If they're running behind, we've got a treatment coordinator that sits in the back in a consult room and um, so forth with the assistants as well. And what we found is that patients want to meet as few people as possible. And if you can imagine just from your perspective, you know, if you go to a, a, a medical facility and you're presented treatment and the next person that you see is somebody in a suit, you're automatically going to think, how much is this going to cost me? Mm-hmm. Um, so first, true. Versus the person that actually diagnosed the work that you need. And then they, they present that to you and even go over those fees. You can ask those questions so much faster and you have a lot more trust with that person. And again, you're not meeting so many faces, which could be really overwhelming, especially for a practice of our size. We've got 45 people in here. Um, so that is how, how, Um, we manage that that patient experience okay that's great and um talk to me like about the success of the call center I guess you know what um what has been the outcome in in moving to more of that model I I can hear the vision of it but but what are the results so we find that phone calls are are being answered much more promptly less voicemails less Mm -hmm. Um, you know, patient follow more focus on the schedule, um, and then again, less interruptions to that patient experience when we're here in, in the, the practice. So, what that means is that when you're on the phone and patients have a lot of questions, you're able to spend the time that they need to get those questions answered, and then also to get them on the schedule. That's why they're calling. And um, so, what also happens um, when you have that patient in front of you, and if you're you're kind of forced to answer that inbound call, you're less likely to spend the time with the patient on the phone and they don't know that you have somebody in front of you, you know, so um, that can actually deter somebody from wanting to schedule that appointment, which could mean less patients on the schedule. So you have to have have that focus and that experience with the patients. There is no opportunity to even see or treat or accept treatment unless that patient gets on the schedule and that's done through the phone. So that's one of the first, um, you know, operations that we typically focus on the most is nothing else happens until that mm-hmm. patient. Right. No, that's so true. Um, well, you guys are obviously, uh, you know, we've mentioned this before, but using Callbox and some of our metrics um, to, you know, incentivize and really measure how the call center is uh, performing. Can you tell us a little bit about that program and just, maybe an update on how it's been going? Sure. You know, I think it's fun that when your team understands what the expectations are, then they can really live up to those expectations. And when you have metrics to back that up or to really keep track of the score uh, on how they're doing, um, you can get to those goals so much faster. And I always think about sports. My husband's really big into sports and football is if you don't keep track of the score through numbers, you don't know who's winning the game. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> we, yeah, we we um, keep track of that and, you know, we use callbacks to um, know how we're doing. Uh, and then we do gamify it for our team. So when we hit specific metrics, we actually um, do little fun things, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, 
providing coffee, you know, a special coffee like Starbucks or, you know, Dunkin' Donuts for the next morning or bagels, um, you know, or fun little uh, special lunches and that kind of thing. And you'd be surprised how motivated people are with incentives. <laughs> I mean, it's just more about the game, really, than it is about the rewards. So it doesn't have to be big. But we did notice that 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 shift that once we had those numbers, the expectations, they had access to those numbers, so everybody could log into the dashboard and see them. And uh, then we gamified it. And you start to really see the results stacking up from there. I love that. Yeah, it's it's so true. People are weirdly motivated by food. And I think T-shirts are another big one, too. We find at, uh, at Callbox, if you'll promise a T-shirt, then people are all, all in. So that's yeah. really good. That's awesome. Within um, the call box data that you guys are are looking at within the call center, can you tell me a little bit about um, maybe which uh, positions or um, which job responsibilities are really looking into that um, call data and then how that's being used day to day in the call center? Sure. So like I said, everybody in the call center has access to the call box data. You know, we don't hide anything from anybody um, in absence of information. Again, you don't know the score. You don't know how well you're doing. So we like everybody to have that information. Our team leads, we have two business team leads, and they listen to the recorded calls weekly. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's their stat that they look at to make sure that that patient experience is continuing to happen on the phone. They use it for training purposes. Um, we do have a point person in the call center Mari, who once a month actually reports back the stats via email to the business team to let them know, hey, here's the goal. Here's how we did for the goal. Here's what we did last month. Here's how we've done for the quarter. We're trending up or we're trending down. And um, it just kind of brings that conversation back to life. I think whatever you focus on tends to improve. And when you have a dental practice and maybe 20 things you're focusing on, inevitably one thing kind of falls by the wayside and and something else, you know, improves. So that monthly reminder, um, that monthly email is done by one particular person that's responsible for that to send to the team to kind of say, Hey, if you haven't checked the score in a while, here's the score. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. At uh, at Callbox, we like to say what gets measured gets managed. Um, And so I think you're exactly right. If you put the numbers in front of the correct team members, um, there's automatically going to be some, some, uh, improved management in terms of how they're they're dealing with their individual metrics, and then obviously from a leadership standpoint, and um, you know the the person leading the team gets the chance to really focus in on on which metrics we want to to touch this month. So I think that's that's great. That's I mean you guys could be the poster child for <laughs> how we want a call center to look at this. So that's that's awesome. Um. In terms of leadership, talk to me a little bit about just the leadership style within um, the call center and, and you specifically, what your individual leadership style is. How are you motivating your teams and really staying involved with what they're what they're doing? I think the key word that you just said is staying involved. Leadership <laughs> is about participation. It's not about, you know, delegating things and not, not looking back at it or not being a part of that team. I would say my leadership style is um, I'm very transparent, open, and honest. I also tend to consider myself a servant leader, which means, um, you know, I'm here to serve everyone around me and to bring people up. So my job as a leader 
as much as it is to get results, it's to train other people around me so that they could have better fulfillment, get better results and have better opportunity at the end. So Mm -hmm. when people feel that you are there to support them, then they support you in return. And the leaders that we have here within the practice, because we do have such a large team, um, every single one of those leaders were voted in by the team. So nobody was pre-appointed or designated a leader. They became a leader because they demonstrated that they were a leader. And that's by being involved within the team and, and helping where help is needed. And again, bringing people up that mistakes will happen, but mistakes are the best way to learn. Um, those are the best opportunities and mm-hmm. not penalizing or making someone feel bad that they made those mistakes. So, um, you know, I really focus on that to acknowledge what is going right. That's also important because when we're busy and maybe a hundred things went well throughout the day, but we only have time to talk about the 10 things that went bad. Um, when you do that day in and day out, the team can feel like their performance is bad. And that's really the opposite of what's actually going on. So my leadership style will definitely be to um, also make sure that the team knows what they're doing well, um, just as much Mm -hmm. as they have to be better. Sure. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true also that leadership starts with uh, demonstrating. I want to make sure that 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 was heard by our listeners. I think we may have had an, an audio uh, hiccup there, but um, one of the things that's so key that you mentioned is this idea that leaders emerge, they are gonna demonstrate that they can be trusted, that they are involved with the metrics um, and with the you know the individual people they're leading. It's not just about, can we you know improve the numbers? It's also about, can we, you know, do this mission together? Can we be a part of um, something that's a little bit bigger? So um, I love that idea. Um, as kind of a, you know, um, maybe more personal favor, would love for you to um, give our listeners just any advice that you have. I, I've got a couple of um, clients that I've been talking to who are working on starting up a call center and kind of um, starting to look at how their management styles are going to be formed and some things they they want to do what advice would you have to give you know other dental leaders or people aspiring um even to leadership what can they be doing now i guess yeah i think the first thing is um not believing that to to be a leader you have to have all the answers so Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of times people believe that now that I'm the leader, I have to have all the answers and that's not true. So focusing on using the people you have around you, they've got a lot of experience, they have a lot of knowledge, they're the ones that are, are you know, doing the work day in and day out and answering those phones, is asking the questions back to the team, keeping them involved in every step mm-hmm. of the process that when things need to change or when decisions need to be made, making sure that you you include them in that process or get feedback and opinions and ask them what's what's going well or what could be improved and being transparent with that. Because if, for instance, I'm expecting a team member to be um, open to me coaching them, that I also have to accept coaching back. And I know a lot of times managers and the negative connotation aren't so open with that two-way conversation. So for someone right. wanting to get started is making sure that, that 
you know, you don't have to have all the answers. Include your team. It provides a lot of fulfillment for them. You'll actually end up with better results. You'll have less resistance when you want to make change because Mm -hmm. when you're a part of creating what that change is, you're more likely to follow through with that. Oh, yeah. There's more ownership involved with it. I think you're right. Yeah, there's more ownership with it. Absolutely. I think you end up developing more respect. um, And leadership isn't about force. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that really staying connected with the team um, is going to make that process a lot easier. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys are um, set up for some pretty big success this year. Do you have any specific goals um, for 2019 that you want to share either personally, um, you know, or with Spodak in general? Yes, absolutely. So we actually, um, we have always, I think like most people do, we've always focused so much on the growth right? Um, mm-hmm. So, oh gosh, you know, this year we want to do 10 or 11 or 12 million in a year, you know, and you just kind of increase that gross number. And what we've kind of realized is, again, what you focus on, you tend to improve or, or you get. And our goal for this year is not gross, it's actually profit. And mm-hmm. as just that sounds that it makes so much sense that uh, you could actually do less in gross, but if you're focused on profit, you actually end up taking more home at the end of the day. And so that's, that's been our focus is profit, not growth, um, which kind of, you know, seems like a dub, but that was our, <laughs> and no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I haven't, I actually haven't heard somebody word it that way. I, that's actually even helpful for me to think about, um, that idea that, yeah, growth is great and we want to keep growing, but if, if profit, falls off, then the growth isn't worth it. Right. So there, yeah, there has to be, there has to be that. That's great. I love it. I would say that um, continuing to develop the team. We do have a lot of team members that are um, outside of dentistry. And mm-hmm. uh, again, because when you're talking about that patient experience, you're talking about uh, finding people that are, you know, aligned in, in uh, your vision and executing out in the patient experience that, sometimes they're in customer service or different industries and and hospitality and and fields like that. So um, we actually take people that have that right mindset, the right personality, and then we Mm -hmm. teach dentistry. And uh, so that's one of those goals is to really continue to develop the team, um, you know, and their knowledge and um, providing that dental experience. And personally, uh, I am a fanatic about learning. I love to read. I am constantly working on myself on how I can be better because I know that we have to evolve and to continue to grow ourselves. So um, I am always learning and listening and being coached by other people on how to be a better leader myself. So um, Mm -hmm. those are my personal goals. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big reader, too. So we'll have to um, swap book recommendations at some point so that uh, that we can make sure we stay up to date here. Um, Well, Erica, I am so grateful just for you to take the time this morning to chat with us and with our listeners. I learned a ton. So I am guessing that anyone who listens to this is is going to have learned a lot, too. So thank you for taking the time. It's been really great to, to get to chat with you. And we're excited for what Spodak has uh, coming up this year. Well, thank you. And, um, you know, I'm glad I could contribute. And I really appreciate being a part of this. And I hope that 
again, anybody who's listening um, found value in it. And uh, even if that was one person out of everybody who listens, um, that's a success for me and was worth the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Welcome. Thanks for listening to Callbox Dialed In. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on future episodes, subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app. Callbox is a comprehensive tool used by more than 5,000 dental practices and DSOs to optimize phone handling processes, increase appointments, and improve caller experience by providing insight into every patient phone call. To learn more, visit us at callbox.com dental.